monsters. What did you say? Fucking monsters, all of you. <laughs> this is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 45 for the week of October 6th, 2014. I am questionable intelligence, David T. Cole, and I'm here with credible threat, Sarah D. Bunting. Radicalize this. Ginger baby, Tara Ariano. I'm a plot device symbolizing adult responsibility. And parent of the year, Jeff Drake. It's easy. I'll have my sister do it. <laughs> Woo! Welcome, everybody. All right, top of the show. We got some site business. So let's get into it. Remember, the phrase that doesn't pay is still in effect. Every week, you try to figure out what the secret phrase was that we seamlessly worked into the podcast. You guess it right. You tell us the next phrase that doesn't pay. All right. Some other news. Me and Tara are moving in the sort of near future. It's it's the quite near future, actually. Uh, So the schedule is going to be a bit crazy, and we're looking to bank some non-perishable episodes uh, for our downtime so that we don't have to be completely off the air. So here are some things that are happening. No minis for a little bit. Uh, we're putting in a call for no-knack submissions, and that's the opposite of the canon. That is where you nominate the very worst terrible episode of an otherwise good show. Uh, our latest one was Amends from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Past one included also Black Market from... Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Those are the two that come to mind. So if you have an idea for that, uh, you can submit it just like you do the canons. There's information at the bottom of every episode thread on the site. Um, we're also thinking about maybe doing a crackpot episode. So if you have I Am Not a Crackpot items for us, record them, send them in. We'll, uh, if we get enough of them, we'll make an episode out of that too. Uh, what else we got? Oh, and canons. We'll probably do an all canon episode. Um, I think we're going to do one internal but if we have enough user ones, hey, why not a user one too? Um, and some bonus extra surprises. Uh, knock on wood, that'll happen. So uh, get busy. Uh, fire up that big, juicy chess club noodle of yours <laughs> and uh, get submitting so that we can have some episodes while we're sort of uh, packing and unpacking and flying and all that stuff. All right. So that is it for site business. And we welcome this week, Mr. Jeff Drake. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Hello, Welcome Jeff. back. Thank you. Jeff, this, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> Jeff joined us for the season three finale podcast that we did right after uh, of Homeland. So it felt only fair in question, question mark, <laughs> to, uh, to have him back <laughs> to talk about the uh, supersized season four premiere, which, as we record this, aired last night. Sarah has already uh, ably and beautifully written all about it, and we'll be covering it this, the show this season on Previously.TV. Thank but, you, wife. Excellently done, and a lot. I want to bring up a lot of the stuff that you put in both of your posts, uh, one last night and one this morning. But let's get into it. Anyone? First of all, (laughs) first of all, let me say I think it's very brave of the show to have completely skipped a season three just because it looked like they were heading in the wrong direction and to skip forward to season four. And thank you for that, so I don't waste an entire year watching. A terrible, terrible season. I mean, let's be fair. Season two was not that great either. No. No. Um, but you know what? It's 
it it really shines in comparison to season three. So as we pick back up on the show, Carrie is now stationed in Kabul, not in Turkey, as we were told the last time we saw her. Um, basically avoiding the ginger baby, as mentioned in our intro, <laughs> trying to do as little as possible as her mother as possible, and um, basically choosing postings so that she can't bring dependents, which if you're going to be an absentee parent is a, is a pretty, uh, pretty smart move. Solid. Thanks. Solid. O- thanks Obama. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens at the beginning of the episode is the drone queen, as it says on her birthday cake, uh, gets some bad <laughs> intelligence. Respondent drops... airplane too, by the way. Well done. <laughs> right. And, I like as, it. as my sister, as, as my wife said, while we were watching it, <laughs> like, I know how we'll hide the exposition. We'll put it on a cake. <laughs> Um, but I don't think I hated these two episodes as much as the whole rest of the internet did. Actually. I didn't. I didn't hate it either. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, although, like, I hated every moment that tried that tried to remind me of everything that happened last season. Because I was like, <laughs> yeah. seriously. And then there was some other stuff that I thought was very, very lazy writing, mm-hmm. and 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 just flat out inaccurate. By the way, um, like what? For like, instance. for instance, you never put a baby in the front seat, even if oh, he's in I a car seat. <laughs> even if he's in a car seat. Yeah, there are warnings never. with pictures of babies being killed, yeah. by the way. Little graphic illustration of what happens should the airbag deploy. Yeah. It will kill your baby. But that that's, I mean, that's just the beginning of... Well, like, but there, did you feel, though, that that was maybe intentional yeah like I did. purposeful that she's like not well maybe secretly hoping that she'll you know crash into a tree and the brody possibly will... i mean i thought it was just supposed to be another marker of like she has no fucking clue what she's doing at all and you know Sarah, this is something that you brought up in your post which is like it makes no sense that she would have had this baby and her sister should not be whining about how much care she's having to take you know basically raising this child because someone in her life should have counseled her to not have the kid or at least not try to be its mother in the long term. Well, yeah, I, I think I mentioned this in my coverage of the season three finale that Maggie's like, well, you know, a mother's love for her child always, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, not always. You know, in this particular case, I think we need to not be perpetuating that horse shit that I think is pretty like damaging anyway to people who are like, why don't I feel the way I'm quote supposed to about Mm -hmm. having and raising kids. And this person in particular has shown absolutely no evidence that she would be one of the ones who figures it out or that she wants to do it. And it's like, you know, and then who's going to explain to her like about her dad? Like, no, I mean, I know the, um, uh, Matheson Sr. was like, oh, help! And Maggie's like, don't help. And then the actor who <laughs> played Matheson Sr., of course, is now like Chrissy Snow, like, well, they just left for the park. Like, yeah. Mr. Rebhorn, he did. Yeah. And I know that they couldn't plan for that, but like... Of course. I think they... He's at a farm upstate. Yes. <laughs> he ran away. With a I lot of other... Season three. Dogs. But I think they did the best job they could, sort of. I think someone in the, you know, interim between seasons was like, this can't, this can't be a thing yeah. that happens. Like, she, she has to get reassigned to the action because, right. no. 
I would sort of I would posit though that like if you pulled all of that garbage out, you you make a much more interesting season opener because it just slows everything down and it's just it's just keeping you from getting like from getting to the fireworks factory right you know it's like you're just like like just get her there like it's you know action is much more interesting than inaction and like the best moments of of carrie are are like when she's like motivated and like doing things you know to to you know to make things happen. And it, and it's just, it's just this whole like slow, like, you know, get her in the car so she can drive by Brody's house and <laughs> like, <that>. and <laughs> remind me that, and, and like, how so did they find, how did, did someone did, was going to run out of that house? <laughs> oh, seriously. Like, hey, can you make me wables red jails? I'm simple. Like, Oh God, please no, please let them have moved away. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was very terrifying. Like, Oh no. Are they bringing the Brody's back? No, they spun off into their own hit sitcom, I think. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's on the CW. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it. you're right. It just slows everything down because I don't think anybody watching ever thinks this is going to be the season where Carrie decides to be, you know, an adult and live up to her responsibilities and realize, well, I'm, I actually have to raise this kid and stay in D.C. and be bored. Like... None of that was ever going to happen. I mean, I will once again say, though, that if, if the hero of this show was male instead of female, you wouldn't have any of this garbage. Oh, no, of course because, not. And, and so it's just like, to me, it's just like really like, it's, it's sort of insulting writing to me that like, why, why can't you just like, when we first met her, we we're like, here's somebody who's messed up. She's got mental problems, mm-hmm. but like, she's good at her job. And maybe those mental problems kind of help her with her job. But, like, she's basically a kick-ass spy. But it's the same thing that they did with Alias. Like, to make, like, you have to, oh, you, well, you don't want to make Sydney Bristow too hard. You know, then people won't identify with her. So make her a sap for love. It's mm-hmm. just, like, it's so annoying. Because it's like, if she's going to be a super badass spy, make her a super badass spy. James Bond doesn't, like, lament over, like, some, you know... Whatever, Ginger and they do, baby they find other ways Carson. to undercut her too. Like they're constantly sort of underlining that she doesn't get, um, like other people's sort of let's say more traditional emotional responses to situations. <laughs> right? Yeah. That she's like all mad at Quinn after there's like a shootout and he kills at least two people at close range, and their colleague is yanked from the car and shit stomped to yeah. death. Right. That he's like, I need a minute before we go in. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And he, like, yeah. His face is, Rupert Friend is so I know. great in these first two episodes. He <laughs> and he's just like, even for you, yeah. what? Yeah. But- well, and they also have him playing out like the guy version of, you know, how you express that you're fucked up by your job, which is, in his case, you drink a lot by the pool, even though you're not supposed to have glass there, and then you have sex with a fat girl. Like, that's the worst thing that he could do is sort of how the show portrays it at first. They kind of walk back from it and make him, you know, a decent person. But yeah, that, but that, that was part cut, of the... though, was really brutal. That she's yeah, like, wow, was. you're really drunk, smash cut to her, him doing her from behind, no yeah. less. Like, mm-hmm. wow, show. No, she was on his lap. No. She was on his lap. She was bent no. over a couch or something. What? 
Yes. How? No. Yes. No, I am not wrong about this. No, you are. You are. <laughs> you are. I am not wrong. You're. About this. You can go and look at the post because Sarah screen capped it. Okay. It's, yeah. It was, I. No, you. She did was not. not on his lap. That. That point aside, tabled for the moment <laughs> because of my faulty memory, which is completely possible. I am. I am the wizened old man of the podcast. Um, the. I thought that that whole sort of. Part of it was the laziest writing mm-hmm. of all of like, oh, and now there's two guys in a diner yeah. who are who are snickering under their breath as no one in real life does. Right. They're like Riverdale cartoons. <laughs> like, it's exactly throwing right. shade at strangers. Why? Yeah. And it's and then like, you know, and then even like even like her acknowledgement later of like no one has ever fought for me like that. That it was then like a big smooch on it. I was like, ah, really? Like, yeah. why not? Like, why not? Like a sweet note. It has to be like it was just. I don't know. That whole thing was just like, whatever. Like you know, like if it's not about like what kind of lady he likes to be with. That's total. Like whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just like this is just to show. Like it's to humanize him. And then also to show, like, oh, well, he's suffering bad from PTSD or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, and now he is? Like, this bro was Dara Doll's Black Ops guy. Right. Yeah. He's a Wetworks yes. guy. That's the part, that's the problem I had, where, like, they're having the conversation in the church or whatever, and, or it was before then, where he was like, where he was like, haven't you ever had something go south? It's like, I'm sure you have too. Jesus, what job? Did you right. just That's get this job? Live. The yeah. south. That's your own job. Yeah, seriously. Like, yeah. you shot a kid, right? I'm not forgetting, I'm not remembering that wrong, am I? He no, shot a kid. He did. Right? Okay. But maybe, it, I mean, I not to make excuses for the show, but I mean, the way they shot Sandy getting pulled out of the car... Was actually pretty upsetting. Yeah, like, I thought that that's, that. Oh, was, that was terrifying. That was really effective, and like maybe the closeness of it is what makes this different for Peter or for Quinn. Right. I mean, I could kind of understand, but I feel like no, I can understand him being. I'm not saying his character can't be upset by the right. things that he does. Yes, of course. But that it's treated like that. It that it's not either called that she, that she doesn't like call call him on like this is what we do, or that. He doesn't say like for some reason this one really bothers me. Yeah. It's it's just sort of like acknowledged yeah. like, oh, this is a guy who normally <laughs> like yeah. he's normally like right. out like sweeping up after the kids <laughs> right. leave the gym. Right. Like normally he's just working on his spreadsheets and then all of a sudden <laughs> Yeah. But I mean I, I'm I'm definitely more interested in I mean I I was what I liked about most of those first two episodes was like there didn't seem to be a conspiracy element to it and then of course there is which is less interesting to me than just you know spycraft spycraft and like cleaning up after random shit that you have to think probably happens all the time without a lot of intention behind it but still has far-reaching bad effects that you have to deal with and but anyway i assume that's not where the season is going i did enjoy that this is the second time in like two months that i've been like Oh, that actor's in it. I yeah. like that actor. And then he is so, like almost instantly offed. Like I was like, "Oh, Matt Frewer in the Nick. I love Matt. Oh dear." Mm-hmm. And then this one as well. At least I know I won't have to be doing the fart faces of Homeland. No, so, you will not. Because it was just a terrified face at the end. Yeah. So, Sarah, as the person who's going to be covering it for us, what is what do you hope the most for this season? 
Um, well, the fact that we are, except for the visit to the Brody house, there have been no Brodies. Mm -hmm. And I think the show is pretty serious about moving on from that and trying at least to do what it does best. Um, I'm looking forward to the um, demise of director Lipless, who Tracy Letts is giving a really fun performance in that great. job. Yes. He, like, his sort of, um, she's like, yeah, it's a mess over there still. He's like, no shit. Like, he is so funny with her. <laughs> yeah. Because he's just like, you're a moron. I hate yep. dealing with you. Fuck up. But she's yep. really good at her job, so he has no choice. Yep. But he's also terrible and has no lips. Um, <laughs> and I'm also hoping that Saul is finally like, this is what you married, Mira. Yeah. Get over it or leave. That was oh, such God. a pretty dress, though. You were 100% right about that. But Mira, <laughs> why Mira? Oh. I feel so bad for that actress that she just has to look like disapproving and pissy all the time while wearing awesome clothes. It and was then... my turn. Shut up. I know. You, <laughs> you pram it. Like, what are you, five? Yeah. You half left before and found some other side piece. Go with that. Yeah. yeah. Find some <laughs> nice doctor. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Don't, don't mess with Saul. Um, and I'm glad Dara Doll is back. I, I mean, I don't really have any specific hopes for the season. I'm just, I'm always pleased to see Layla Robbins. She's, yeah. she plays such a good super bitch. Good old young Livia Soprano. She reminded I, me a lot of, um, Janet, her, just even her styling. She was very Janet McTeer and the honorable woman about it. But anyway, continue. Um, yeah, no, I'm done. Um, uh, do you guys have anything? Are you guys going to keep watching? I'm oh, yeah, sort of watching. to it, but I, I think I will, but I mean, I have no faith that they'll turn it around from after, after why, the, yeah, why would you? Uh, yeah. I mean, after this point and not just because of last season, like, like Tara sort of alluded to season two was no like spring chicken either. It was no like spring chicken is not exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> But let's go with it. No, but season two was also where we have, like, Brody going crazy with the Blackberry and remote murdering the vice president. Right, <laughs> right. By, via pacemaker. Like, there was some crazy shit in that season. I do, I do want to throw in one thing. In defense of myself, I just looked on my phone at the screen cap that I watched... I watched the pilot as it aired last night. I don't think that was the shot they used. Oh. She was on That's top. She was on top. Of him, and they were on the couch. Oh, so oh. all right. I everyone was. Right. I norm I because I don't normally suffer from doggy style blindness. <laughs> so, yeah, I was ask your doctor if we were about have that. To explain to you how babies are made. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess would seem a little late. For that. Uh, programming note: If you're hearing strange noises Scrabbling in the background, claws. that's my dog going crazy over uh, one of his tennis balls. <laughs> um, I just hope that they uh, kind of uh, get over this sort of little bit of a holding pattern they're in and just get to the spy stuff. Because yeah. <clears throat> don't care about her kid, don't care about her family life, really just want some like really good you know, contemporary spy thriller stuff. Um, and uh, maybe they could deliver it. Yay, maybe. <laughs> At least they tried to humanize her a little bit by showing her almost drown a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we the all show... have done from one time Jesus. or another in our lives, you know. Yeah. I mean, a show with lesser performances would not have survived into season four with this, you know, with yeah. the writing that they, that they have at times. I mean, this show, really good opener, you know, first half of a season. Uh, then they got uh, scared about axing their, you know, second lead and they fucked it up and it should have been everybody knows you know they should have followed yeah. through on the uh, original threat of, oh the, of the story and this should have been season two right that yeah. we're, we're into yes. right mm -hmm. now yeah and 
I think it's up to them to prove that they can turn it around. And I think that the first two episodes could have been condensed considering it was sort of a reset back to the States. Um, I don't know if we needed two episodes of that. And certainly for, for me, I didn't need that much uh, domestic time, (laughs) but uh, I think the third episode will kind of be telling whether, which, which way they're going to go. Are they going to like spy this up? Or are we, uh, you know, going to get more ginger baby time? Hope not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yes. Yes. Back to Gravity Falls, where we just were two weeks ago. Uh, this last Friday, they had their Halloween episode, which was maybe my favorite episode of this series that we've seen thus far. It was an anthology show um, with uh, three different, like, sort of ghost stories. And the middle one... <laughs> featured uh mabel's pet pig waddles which is first of all exactly what you should call a pet pig um eating perception rooms and getting super duper smart and building a machine so that he could speak and his voice was neil degrasse tyson and it was amazing wow and um that's really all i have to say gravity falls is like for sure my favorite new show of 2014 what about his, i'm so happy what about his anti-goat system and his anti-goat system which i made a gif of he's got some little he's got like a, a set of nerf missiles that he yeah. controls with the computer when it's kind of pops off and hits the goat in the head and there are goats in the house for some reason and the goat just like looks at the dart and then turns around and walks out and it's great gravity falls such a good show uh proof of how much we both love it is that dave just took delivery today of his own dipper trucker hat yep. so now dave is big dipper officially uh speaking of animated stuff uh star wars rebels the uh follow-up to the clone wars the show that takes place between episode three and episode four debuted on Disney XD, I think it's called. Um, the sort of, uh, I think it's like the tween channel, I yes. think. Yeah. Um, pretty good. Not 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 too shabby. Felt Star Wars-y in a way that not a lot of stuff has felt Star Wars-y coming out of uh, Lucasfilm lately. Um, definitely felt a little bit more OT, original trilogy, than, uh, you know, um, than a lot of the stories and comic books and stuff like that that's been out recently. All right, one thing I want to point out is the Wookiees in the uh, first episode, they look like CG half-melted versions of the Kenner action figures from 1977. (laughs) The style works so well for so many things, Uh, ships, landscapes, buildings, but the way they stylize uh, the characters do not work whatsoever for fur, and they just all look like big kind of wet Newfoundland dogs with googly eyes <laughs> and it really takes you out of the episode just like and and the Wookiees are supposed to be you know these formidable Sasquatches of the galaxy and they just look like wet dogs but other than that uh, the show uh, has promise uh, I'm going to keep watching um, the Clone War started off super sucky and got really great uh, towards the end of the run so I'm uh, hoping for good things from this show I have a question for yes. you Dave I um nothing makes me angrier than the three most recent Star Wars movies. Okay. Will this also make me angry? Uh no, it's more <laughs> Star Wars than prequel. I mean it's more original trilogy than prequel. It takes it's sort of uh it's the story of the start of the rebellion, how it coalesces from, you know, people that are just upset about things to I assume the thing we know as the rebellion in, in episode four. And it stars a a character that 
was in training when all the stuff happened in episode three. So he's not quite a Jedi Knight. <laughs> he's not, quite, not not a boy, but not quite a man when it comes to <laughs> Jedi-ness. And so he is just sort of laying low. So he's somewhere between a Jedi and Han Solo okay. as far as his uh, his character goes. And he's surrounded by, admittedly, a, a too quirky group of companions in their ship. Which is sort but of it's like, for kids. It's a show for kids. It is, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you have to keep that in mind. But uh, it's a little um, rainbow bright at times with the characters. But, I mean, uh, Star Wars was also for kids, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. yeah. It always reminds me of that, <laughs> that Bloom County cartoon with Steve Dallas. Uh, yes. uh, Milo comes up to him and says, yeah, you know, uh, Knight Rider, that's a kid show. And there's just like four blank <laughs> frames and like his cigarette falls out of his <laughs> Yeah. Also, Jeff, nothing makes you angrier than the. Uh, I I get a. No, that's that's true. <laughs> Sarah, um, this show will not make you angry, but pleasantly sleepy. Um, it's called Monarchy. It's available on Netflix streaming. Go on. Uh, our esteemed <laughs> colleague Stephanie Lucianovic wrote a piece, I think, last year on her favorite TV to fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would definitely like to recommend Monarchy for this. This is the ultimate tell yourself you're watching educational TV, then smugly pass out program. <laughs> See also Civilization. Both mm. shows created and narrated by British academics with soothing medieval art visuals and crisp narration that nestles you in a cocoon of information. Wow. <laughs> I'd like to thank my husband for, uh, he's watching it to research a role. And it's like, for the first few minutes, you're like, oh, that's really interesting. I don't think I even knew there was an Edward, Edward the First, although, of course, there must have. <laughs> <laughs> so you get, like, seven minutes at a time of, like, oh, here's some uh, rubble, and there's this guy in a, you know, flak jackety looking thing striding about in wellies and telling you things, and then uh, the next thing you know, it's morning. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, well, uh, First of all, let me just say that I, I'm in deep cahoots with Bob's Burgers. I mean, my wife yes. writes for it. I write for the comic book. So obviously I have, I have some love for the show. But You're I just Bob. want well, – I, I, I am also Bob. I eat burgers. There's a lot of things that I share in common. But I do want to say that last night's uh, – not last night's, Sunday's, right? Yeah. Uh, Sunday's um, – uh, season five premiere was just off the charts amazing. The the final moment where they finally combine Die Hard and Working Girl <laughs> into a, just one big like musical number that sort of uses everything from both of the movies was about the <laughs> first of all just it was like it was genius like just the way it was written, but then the music was so entertaining. And then they, they like the little like curly cue on the end was actually having Carly Simon sing the very final song. It yep. was just, um, wow. it was just magical. But, it was I mean, so good. When you watch it, it does feel inevitable. Like, of course, Hans Gruber and Tess McGill would fall in love. Of course they Both would. Both of them are single minded, ambitious, creative, ruthless yeah it's perfect i know but it, it's also it's just like one of those things that's like oh those two movies fit together perfectly and like just to come up with that is just yep. so amazing mm-hmm. so kudos to you bob's burgers for keeping my wife employed <laughs> and also for continuing to make great television word
Hi, Libby. Hi, Mom. We just finished watching episode 11 of Face Off. Right. Can you please describe the challenge for us? So they were making fantasy high school students. And they were like, welcome back to high school. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, no, I'm not going back to high school. Can you say that again without mumbling? <laughs> everyone's like, oh, no, I'm not going back to high school. Why not? Do you think people like high school? Nope. Oh. <laughs> do you think you would like high school? Yes. Why do you think you would like high school? Because I'm a smart little girl. Yeah, you are a smart little girl. Do you like school? Yeah. What's your favorite subject? Um, reading. I like reading, too. So the challenge was making high school students. Yeah. And do you remember who was your favorite? The two cheerleaders. Yeah. Which was Sasha and Rachel. Mm-hmm. And who was your least favorite? George. George's? Yeah. You didn't like... And he... What did he do? Fuck. Goblin? <laughs> Jock? Jock. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, everyone out there. She couldn't uh, read my writing. <laughs> it's a jock. Goblin? And why didn't you like him? Because it looked like basketball player instead of a high school student. Oh, um, yeah. And why did you like the cheerleaders? I don't know. I liked Stella's costume. Mm-hmm. Damn it. And Stella didn't make a, a cheerleader. Stella made an emo minotaur. Whoops. Sorry. I liked Sasha's. Oh. Sorry. Everyone out there who was listening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you remember what Sasha, what her character was? It was... Um, With all the eyes? Cyclops. Cyclops? Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And... And Rachel made a fawn. Made a fawn. Mm-hmm. And who was the winner this week? Drew. Do you remember why they liked his, his makeup? No. It was the colors... He did an emo fawn, and they liked the colors, and he did a great job sculpting. Okay. And who was the loser? Rachel. Yep, and she was one of the cheerleaders. Are you sad that Rachel's gone? Yep. So who's your new favorite now? Sasha. Sasha? I liked her owl, and I liked her costumes. I like hers. If you had to, if you were on Face Off this week and you had to create one of them, which one would you have chosen? Cheerleader. Yeah. Um, fawn. A cheerleader fawn. All right. Well, thanks for speaking with me this week, Liv. You're welcome. Have a good night. See you next week. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to ask <laughs> standards and practices. Oh my gosh. <laughs> This podcast is so NSFW, guys. <laughs> I kind of love that. The explicit so tag cute. has to be added to this episode because it was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Buncey's TV Book Corner. Thanks, Dave. Today's uh, TV tome is Lena Dunham's Not That Kind of Girl. Uh, I read most of it, so you wouldn't have to. Um, Here's the thing about Lena Dunham. Uh, we're so far past being able to deal with just the work 
with her at this point because of the cavalcade of bullshit, like garbage you have to wade through to even get to the work. Yep. Um, so, like, I think it's not possible for her to change anyone's mind in any direction about her. Um, and this book will not will not change your mind about her. Um, if you think that she's really brilliant and uh, has a great eye for detail and is hilarious, then this book will back that up. If you think that she's self-absorbed without being self-aware, this book will also back that up. Um, <laughs> I will say there was a section um, where she's talking about an incident in college that may or may not have been a sexual assault and various other people in this essay in the narrative are telling her that it was uh, a rape and I'm sorry that happened to you and you were raped and you know she sort of takes care not to say it or to commit to it either way and the way she structures this essay like I have certain um Aries qualities in my in the narratives that I like <laughs> where I'm like just tell me what happened like I don't you know, don't pants around. Just tell me either way, black, white, one of those. And this essay bugged me for like two days and I kept turning it over and like thinking about how she constructed it and how, um, how she did manage to control my reaction to it and the ambiguities within it. And, uh, you know, I don't think she gets enough credit for how she controls narrative, both like the larger one of her career and like specific ones. Girls is not really my thing. I don't watch it anymore. I don't think it's funny enough. And I think she kind of forgets that Sassy Magazine existed and <laughs> thinks she's yeah. like the first person who was like, felt like a, you know, lumpen object that didn't belong and hid in a journal. Like, you know, that's almost everyone. Yeah. So bring it down a notch but you know she she's a really hard worker and i think she's actually like a more powerful skilled writer than she's ever gonna get credit for at least at this point like she should find a pseudonym and get credit for her work that way um but yeah i if you if you don't like her don't get the book <laughs> if you right. do like her, you will love the book, but it's like it's right down it's right down the lane. It's exactly what you'd expect, whether that's good or bad. Yeah. Thank you. Egghead like this bookie book. <laughs> All right, that music means it's time for the canon. And uh Jeff, what do you have for us? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I'm the wizened old man of previously TV. Flippity flu, I say yes. to that. I remember when television was delivered on tablets. Um, and uh, Wait, that's today. Yeah. <laughs> this morning? Yeah. Um, so, I don't understand what you're talking about. Mm. Um, so, uh, I decided I'm going to bring something from my, from my childhood, something I loved during my... I didn't watch this in first run, but I'm not that old, but... Um, from one of my favorite shows growing up, The Dick Van Dyke Show. And I almost went with what is generally considered, like, the best episode of The Dick Van Dyke Show, which is um, one, the one I've always called uh, the Space Walnut episode, which is actually called It May Look Like a Walnut. Um, and I was fully prepared to do that, had, like, watched it and, and all that, and, uh, and then at the last minute I switched because I watched the other one they always talk about, and I thought, this one is a much better fit for the canon 
because I think it's funnier, it's faster, and um, it's weirdly more modern in a way. I think it it it, uh, it may look like a walnut is a really great episode, but it's more clever than funny um, in, in that it spoofs Twilight Zone, which was a huge show at the time that they were spoofing, and they do it very like well and all that, but. This one is a, is is just sort of classic comedy, and it's very fast and fun. And so, um, if you've never seen it, it's it's the first episode of the fifth season of the show, which was the show's final season. But um, seasons were so much longer then; it was actually the hundred and twenty seventh episode Whoa. they had done. Wow! <laughs> um, and it's sort of like the show, sort of in a way, the show was sort of building up to an episode like this the whole time, because at the beginning, we never see Alan Brady, and then finally in the fourth, you know, and then, like, you just heard his voice, and then you would only see him from behind, and then in the fourth season, they finally, he finally, like, Carl Reiner finally steps onto the scene uh, as Alan Brady, and this one all revolves around a very simple thing that happens that's um, Mary Tyler Moore's character, Laura, go, ends up going on a show called Pay As You Go, um, and it's the host of it is this sort of obnoxious guy named Johnny Patrick who's always tripping people up into saying embarrassing things. And so she's totally on guard, but ends up ends up slipping at the very end after she's won stuff, and he you know, he basically asks people questions like essentially the same from the same family as when did you stop beating your wife right you know that's kind of his deal and so he he just simply like slips in at the end as she's like walking off like do you ever go over to alan brady's house does he wear his toupee around the house and she says oh yes he wears them everywhere and he goes nuts because it's like there you heard it first like this is the first time anybody's ever heard it and he does a hilarious dance of joy twice actually that seems so out of character for any human to it do. Does. It's just the weirdest. It's a but prancing mince sort of side to side, jig. arms like elbows akimbo. It's just it's so weird. I just I I would it, I just like thinking of it brings me joy. But uh, anyway, so like intercut with that is Rob and the and the whole gang, his writing staff, two people, Buddy and uh, and Sally are in Alan Brady's office. They're talking about the show, of course, with the producer and and brother-in-law Mel Cooley is also there. And this is where where I think the show really starts to do some really fun stuff. I mean, it's it's admittedly like a, an older sensibility. This, you know, it's from a from an older time of comedy, and especially where it comes to Buddy Sorrell, who's like very like vaudeville style comedy. But they do this great thing with this bit where there's a phone call for Rob, and um, uh, there's a phone call for him, and it's his son, who luckily we do not see because he's the worst actor in the history of television, <laughs> and <clears throat> and um, and every day his son calls with a new riddle. For him, and so um, Dave, if you you know which club I'm going to here, you're gonna have to call him by letter. Uh, if, you're, if you're not calling them in order, it's, you gotta tell me which one. Yeah, they're they're not in order. Yeah, I have it's, a, it's clip C. Um, okay, and um, so he calls, and um, the whole time that he's on the phone talking to him, and then immediately after, Buddy is trying to figure out what he hears the punchline to the joke and wants to know what the joke is, and this is how the scene plays. Yeah, yeah, uh, I give up. What is it? An unlisted banana. <laughs> hey, goodbye, Rich. Hey, what's an unlisted banana? Rob, what was that about? Laura's going to be on the Johnny Patrick show. Well, who cares? What's an unlisted banana? <laughs> Today, right now. 
What's an unlisted banana? I got that for early last week. Rob? What is long and yellow and seldom marine? <laughs> an unlisted banana. <laughs> Like Sally, like sort of jumps for joy, and then, like finally we get to that joke. But there's there's this other bit that that happens at the beginning, right when the right when the phone comes. I think AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! sort of sets up it's like a classic sort of bit of of interaction between uh mel it's a uh, clip b by the way uh between mel and um and uh and alan that's also just another example of like this very patter based sort of comedy listen you guys you know these uh, advertising guys are very sensitive and they have to be romance so i'll do all the talking yeah and i'll do all the romance if i need that help i'll ask for yes it. if alan needs any help shut up mel yes sir <laughs> The um, so anyway, they're in the process of doing this show of of getting this show ready. They end up watching the very beginning of of the uh, Johnny Patrick show, and um, and they all it's this great sort of tense moment because Alan is watching as well, and um, so they're hanging on every word. But then when she does well with the interview part at the beginning, they decide to stop watching, and so they miss the part where she actually blur- blurts out that Alan wears a toupee. So then, um, it's, uh, then, then she comes home and, um, oh wait, I skipped a part. Hold on. Uh, so there's, uh, there's this kind of, uh, this kind of chemistry with the cast is like really great and really paying great dividends here at like, you know, 127 episodes in. And there's one other, uh, clip D I wanted to play, uh, a great moment just of, 
and and maybe it maybe it's a little bit better when you can see Mel Cooley's face, but um, there's just this great moment between Alan and Mel. Alan, if you're going to have lunch and get to that meeting, you'd better get going. Shut up, Mel. <laughs> what are you doing to my chair? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like the, the moment of honesty and like he just had sat down behind his desk and honestly does not know. So they all go to lunch and and uh, and they miss it and Alan getting out of a taxi cab twists his ankle and he blames Laura. So Rob comes home and he's he's kind of jokingly upset at Laura, but she thinks that he's seen the whole show and she's terrified. And there's another great, great moment. Like, I mean, the physical, physical aspect of this show is another one of the great things that you can't really show on this podcast. And and not just Dick Van Dyke, who does one of the best double takes in, in, uh, in the history of double takes in this uh, scene I'm talking about, but also it's a classic, like, Oh, Rob moment (laughs) with Laura Petrie, where she's trying to explain she's, Rob has come home and he's he's just now he's he's like oh he sort of tips that I'm not really mad by the way um you know he just wants to know what she has won and so it's a uh, uh, clip f did you win anything well i thought you just said you watched well not all of it honey just uh, your interview part see boy were we proud of the way you handled that patrick rat oh alan said you saved my job <laughs> what'd you win oh i uh when I- Briar and a rotis, rotis. She's miming the things. <laughs> she finishes it off like nearly in tears. I'm so unhappy. And right after this, she she says that that you know she breaks it to him what's happened. And and this is where I think the show kind of separates itself a little bit because this is kind of a typical, it's been done a million times in sitcoms from, from before, like from the honeymooners on and especially like I love Lucy where Lucy's always screwing stuff up for Ricky and Ricky's the people important to him. And like, that's essentially what this is. Like Laura's made things very difficult for Rob, but like, so quickly after that scene, you know, it it sort of gets elevated to me beyond like a ladies be talking too much <laughs> sort of thing where, um, and I'm uh, sorry, I'm setting up clip G, uh, where Rob is, um, Rob goes from, at first he's like a mixture, this hilarious mixture of terrified, but also kind of, he's empathetic and then he gets angry and then, um, and so he starts yelling at her and then this happens. Oh, he tricked you, all right? He tricked you. Oh, he's very, very tricky. But telling the whole world about Alan's wig. Oh, are we in trouble? Well, Rob, you saw the way he asked those questions. I mean, you just hardly know how to answer them. I am surprised you didn't blab about his nose being fixed. (laughs) I didn't know Alan had a nose job. No, no. Up to now, it was a secret. <laughs> so the great thing about that to me is it's like, uh, whereas it's like, here's the classic delineation of male and female roles, you know, where it's like, it's the dumb wife, and then the husband has to sort out her problems, but in the end, he forgives her because they are in love. Instead, it's Rob and Laura are essentially the same. Yeah. And they're, they like, Rob is no better at this than she is. And so the next day, he goes in, and he goes into work, and he's he's waiting to either be punished or fired or punished and then fired. And Sally walks in and says, uh, what's Laura doing in the building? She saw her get into the elevator. 
And Rob realizes, oh no, she's gone up to Alan's uh, office. And so she walks into Alan's office to try to apologize. And Alan, you have to imagine Alan sitting behind his desk, <laughs> um, surrounded by six styrofoam heads with his different <laughs> different toupees on them um, that he keeps talking to and referring to. and Like the physical bits that he does with the, the heads are just amazing. So... Um, they're like in front of him like a jury. And uh, I'm uh, setting up clip age, Dave. And uh, so um, she walks in and she's terrified and he has his back to her and this, this happens. No, don't say anything. Let me look at you. Fellas? <laughs> So there's also this hilarious moment because his foot is injured and it's been up on his desk and he sort of angrily like moves and hits hits his foot on the phone and he's in a lot of pain and it it totally looks like it was an improvised moment where he then picks up the phone to put it back on but before he puts it in the cradle he just goes into the phone um i mean carl reiner's so good in this episode but then um uh, of course, like this all winds up to there's there's a very famous line from this from this show that's that's uh, and and so Alan later in the conversation with Laura then comes to this which is clip eye. This is a cute one. I had this one made so people will say Alan is losing his hair. Would you like that one? Or would you like a crew cut one that I had made for the summer? Oh, this one, Mike. Alan, you need a haircut, huh? Would you like these? What we what, what do you su- what do you suggest I do with all of these now, huh? And then he grabs one of the styrofoam heads and sort of puts it under his arm and beats it like a bongo as he laughs at that line. He also puts all the all the toupees one on top yeah, of he, the other. He on stacks his head. them all up. And like the great thing about this is like then of course like Alan is like a typical like showbiz egotist. And so like ultimately what it comes to is uh, Rob comes in right after that and then it's the two of them trying to sort of sort out like what's going to happen with Alan and Alan sort of comes around to like this has been great publicity and people think I'm ha- call me handsome without my hair so like I'm going to he says I'm going to be adorable about this but Laura keeps trying she Laura and Rob both keep trying to like they're trying to get out of there but also like they're just on the verge of ruining it and at the very end of the show clip J um they're all happily, like, it's all very happy. Everyone's happy and laughing, and then this happens. Well, honey, I'll bet you never figured it'd turn out this well, did you? Never. <laughs> Maybe I ought to go on television and tell them about your nose. <laughs> you told her about my nose. Nothing. I know. Ask her off. I've always said I like you without your nose. No. <laughs> did you tell her about my cap teeth? <laughs> no! So, I mean, admittedly, Dick Van Dyke show, very, very much like an artifact from another time. There's only an A story. There's only this to deal with. There's no, there's no like, oh, then Sally has this going on and Buddy has this going on. So all this, there's fewer scenes and they're longer, but like there's, they're so filled with so many great moments in this and it really showcases the best aspects of all of the cast, I think. 
And uh, in the long run, it like it's it's amazing that this this is forty nine years old. This episode, and it's still so funny, and and it's still because when they made the show, they they made a decision to never like reference pop culture, and I think it's helped it, especially because when they started, JFK was in the White House, and then he was assassinated during their run. So like, it's a good thing they didn't decide to set up camp in in you know in that area. Anyway, this is, I think, probably the funniest, best episode of at least the top five. Um, but it certainly is one of the funniest episodes of Dick Van Dyke Show, and I think it belongs in the canon. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, I will say this about how you say, you know, it's sort of dated material, but I think it actually what it is is sort of a bridge between what we're watching today and what we saw, you know, before, you know, in the late 50s. Um, th- parts of this seem so modern. Uh, the bits with Mel, you know, that sort of rapid fire shut up bit and sort of his just non plus sitting on the chair and things like that. <laughs> like that, that could be parks and recreation. And actually Mel is sort of like Jerry in parks yeah. and recreation in this episode. So it has a lot of modern feel to it, despite the fact, you know, it's, it's 61. I think this episode is from uh, 65, 65. Oh, okay. The show started in 61. Um, and uh, so I was sort of, thinking i was going to be watching because I, I was saying with you like dick and dyke was on at four o'clock you know when i came home from school kind yeah. of thing and so you know being absolutely bored i would force myself to watch this black and white show <laughs> as a kid um so i am was a bit familiar with it um but um i was expecting like something old and dated and it wasn't it wasn't that and i was pleasantly surprised there are some references some lines you're right that the what's the character the vaudevillian you're buddy buddy you know he's he is sort of a throwback uh there is a line that buddy says about so what did you do to your wife did you beat her did you after you yelled at her her, yeah like this very andy cap matter of fact moment of domestic life there that nice uh, reference yeah (laughs) that 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 pins it there but otherwise um that aside the jokes were fast the pacing was very modern um even uh the game show scenes which you didn't really talk about that much like the she's sitting in the audience with her friend and her friend has stage fright and that's how laura ends up on the show that stuff was pretty you know pretty fast um and and snappy and uh, all around i was pleasantly surprised and uh i liked it a lot sarah um i agree at uh, about the pace, there is this Catskillsiness to it, of course, mm. that I love. But it, it's funny how that Catskillsiness feels very, um, like modern and mm. fresh, and that you know, you realize that writers on the more successful comedy shows are the ones that you know this group would tend to like. Must be drawing on that, whether they're aware of it or not. Um, I queued it up, and I was like. 24 minutes, but it didn't seem like 24 minutes at all. It yeah. flew right by. Um, and spluttering, disgusted Carl Reiner is one yeah. of American <laughs> culture's great contributions to <laughs> Like, the stack of wigs, and then he's just sort of, like, hobbling around. I mean, it, and it all felt not improvised, but it all felt very natural in a way mm. that sitcoms 
from like it tends to be super broad and this was more refined um but there was also like slapsticky stuff that worked really well um carl reiner is a genius and if you need 24 minutes in which to see why that's true this is your 24 minutes uh i loved it and it's not something i would have sought out for myself so thanks for bringing it to us sure tara this is the first full episode of the show that I ever watched. What? In my life. I'm from Canada. We had different... I mean, I'm not from the same part of Canada that Dave was. We never had We got the Buffalo channels. After, uh, <laughs> that was true. Was they wouldn't show it in Canada, true. but it we, was, got, we got the Buffalo channels. It wasn't on after school for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what struck me watching it is like what a star Mary Tyler Moore is. Like you just can't take your eyes off her in this episode and she to me more than any other element of it felt modern like she feels like she's from another time because she is you know i'm more used to seeing her as the hat mary richards well that's the thing when she comes into alan's office in that last scene and she's in the hat and the gloves it's like wow this is old like this is from hat and glove cards (laughs) Uh uh-huh well and this is the show that discovered her like she was not an actress before that which is crazy because she's so talented as a comedian yeah She's a great comedian, and I love what you pointed out about their relationship, that both of them are big mouths. But also, when we get to the part where Sally comes in and says that she's in the building, it grounds the episode in reality of, like, that is what a normal human would do under the circumstances. She would try to fix it if she's decent. Yeah. Even though it's super awkward and uncomfortable and she wouldn't want to, she would put on her hat and gloves and go to Alan's office and (laughs) try to talk to him behind his... Silent Greek chorus to pay heads. Fellas. Yeah, the fellas, as he keeps addressing them. So, yeah, this was super fun. Um, the, the, you're right that there's a lot of physical comedy elements that don't translate, obviously, um, but that really sell it. You can imagine, even though it's 24 episodes of airtime, it was maybe a 14-page script because there's just so much um, chemistry among this cast, and they, they bring so much to the lines, which are good to begin with but you know really get goosed by their performances so very nice nice choice I want to see uh, somebody digitally add Harry Crane just like popping his head <laughs> in the door you know and then kind of just coming back out because it's kind of fun to you know imagine yeah. that he is doing business sort of in this era yeah. and he's got to talk to these people and sell to these people mm-hmm. uh, so maybe Netflix they can uh, work on that yeah. yeah all right so let's make it official Tara yes Sarah yes three for three Woo! The Dick Van Dyke Show, the season five opener, Coast to Coast Big Mouth. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Cannon. Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. No. It's time for Winner and a Loser of the Week. Tara has a winner. Winner is Alyssa Milano because for some reason ABC has renewed Mistresses again for a third season, but she is not going to be on it. That's what makes her a winner. I guess she thought, you know, getting pregnant all the time while she was shooting the show was like a hint that they should take that she didn't want to do it anymore. Didn't actually work. So now she's had to come out and in so many words say, please replace me. So... She just get her sister to star in it, like uh, Carrie Matheson. <laughs> Take care of it for her. <laughs> and loser of the week. Uh, loser of the week is a family entry. The uh, Judy J family from yeah. Real Housewives in New Jersey. Sentence was handed down last week, mm. and to the surprise of this commentator, both Teresa and Juicy Joe got time. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so the judge said that they can stagger it so that one of them is always home with the kids. 
I, I don't know. If I'm Teresa, I'm like, me first, because Melania. <laughs> oh, seriously. I mean. She's like, you know, I'm going to send you to boarding school last night. I'm like, do it. Straighten her shit out. <laughs> Something's wrong with that girl. Yeah. Anyway, I really thought the state was going to wimp out and not give them both jail time, but nope. They're both going to the Hooskaff. <laughs> well, you know what's wrong with that girl? Is her parents. That's what's wrong with it. Like, yeah. they're monsters. Yeah. yeah, but they're not. They are monsters, but she's the only, she's like the only one who's really terrible. She's a real shithead. Is she the yeah. oldest? No, she's no. the third of four. Mm, okay. So they were, what were, what were they actually convicted of? Fraud and tax <coughs> evasion? Um, falsifying documents. Right. And sure. there was some other, it was like, I don't know. Conspiracy to lower a forehead without <laughs> doctor's permission. So there's something that Joe, and then I think his brother got <laughs> caught up in it too. That like basically that he used his driver's license and like crossed oh. out his brother's name with a pencil. Oh my god! Some 14 year old shit. Like, bro. Dave just made a face at the forehead thing. What Dave doesn't understand is that Teresa Judice's uh, hairline starts about three millimeters above her eyebrows. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. All right, guys, I have a question for you. <clears throat> Do you know what time it is? Jail time? Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's game time. Okay. Just as good. <laughs> oh, no, you yeah. broke Jeff Drake. Jeff really enjoyed that, that really, one. That really hit the spot. <laughs> That was like a chocolate chip cookie after a nice dinner. (laughs) All right, everybody. This is the fifth, the fifth game time of the season after last week's exciting uh, ending. We have Tara and valued guests up tied for first with two points each. Sarah right behind them with one point. Today we are playing BNBC's guest from last week's guest, Nick Reinwell Jones. This game will test your knowledge of sitcom actors. Oh, I will geez. give you I'm going to give you the name of an actor or actress and you tell me whether he or she appeared on one show or the other both or neither. Oh. This only includes regular episodes of these shows, not reunions or behind the scenes specials or anything like that. Correct answer worth 1 point, no hints. We have four rounds, 15 questions each. Dang. By the way, for those of you who are not watching this at home, which is everybody, (laughs) Tara just did when she found out what this game was. Already has done a victory dance. I did. So it, was, it was not a victory seemed, dance. It, it was a like happy cabbage patch. Like That's all. So I'm just going to text her one word right now, and that is hubris. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That's fair. All right, everybody. Let's see who's going to go first. Who will it be? We will start with Sarah. All right. Ah. So let's go, right. Sarah, to our guest, Jeff, and then to Tara. All right. Are we ready to play BNBC's guest? Yes, sir. Sure. sure. Round one. Remember... Your answers are one show or the other, both or neither. Round one, Seinfeld or Friends? Seinfeld or Friends? All right, Sarah. Courtney Cox, guest star uh, on Seinfeld, Friends, both or neither? Guest starred? No, start, was in. Okay, was in at all. But also Um, could include guest uh, guest, guest Both. That is good for one point. Mr. Jeff Drake, James Spader, Seinfeld or Friends? Both or neither? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with friends. 
both. He was Damn. in Seinfeld and Friends. He was in Friends? Yep. I would have gone with neither. I would have said Seinfeld only. <laughs> I'm going to lose. <laughs> All right, Again. Ariano. Yeah. Jay Leno. Seinfeld, Friends, both or none? Both. That's good what? for one point. Wow. What do you do? What do you do on Friends? He um he played himself Morgan Fairchild as Chandler's mom was a guest on the Tonight Show. Uh, I don't remember what he did on Seinfeld, so that was just a blind. He guess, was but himself I and Seinfeld, was, that's and Jerry was on the Tonight Show. Sarah D. Bunting, Lisa mm-hmm. Kudrow, Friends, Seinfeld, both or neither. Lisa Kudrow. Be really tempting to say neither, just to mess with Tara's head. I'm gonna say friends only. Yeah, nice. that's good for one point. Jeff so, Drake, yes. John Lovitz, John Lovitz, John Lovitz. Oh God, that's a still good John Lovitz' best thing he's ever done is Mephistopheles on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with friends only. He was on both. Seinfeld and Friends. I don't remember him on Seinfeld at all. Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Diabetes. Oh my god, neither? Diabetes. Seinfeld. He was on Seinfeld. Huh. As diabetes. Yep. (laughs) The diabetes. (laughs) All right, Sarah. Julia Roberts. (laughs) Julia Roberts. Was she on Seinfeld? Was she on Friends? Was she on both or neither? Oh. I'm torn. I'm torn between friends and neither. I'm going to say friends. Nice. Yes. That's good for one point. All right. Terry Hatcher. This is me? Yep. Terry Hatcher. Oh, one I know for sure. Which one's um, that? Let's, let's hear it. Well, they're real. And, and they're, they're spectacular. They're spectacular. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Seinfeld only. Nice. Good for one point. Tara? Denise yeah. Richards. Mm. Christmas only comes once a year. It's her uh, legacy. Friends. <laughs> friends only. Both. What? What? Fuck. Kristen Davis. Kristen Davis. Sarah. Oh. <laughs> oh, her. Yep. I still don't know, though. <laughs> uh, was I, If you had an answer, I did not hear it. Go for uh, it. Just uproarious laughter. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. Kristen Davis. On Seinfeld. On Friends. Both or none? Both. Nice. Really? I don't remember Sarah's. our friends. fucking guessing over here. You are killing this game, Dad. Yeah. All right, Jeff Drake. Yes. Thanks for the jinx. What? Alec Baldwin. Sorry. Alec Baldwin is on Friends Only. That's good. Ben Stiller. Uh, friends Only. John Favreau. Me? Yep. Oh. Well, you know what he was in. <laughs> Mrs. Parker and the Fishes. <laughs> <laughs> and Rocky Marciano. Yes, I think I heard that sometimes. Um, this is your last question of this round. Okay. Uh, mm, I'm going to say friends only. Both. He was on both. Huh. Deborah right. Messing. Deborah Jeff. Messing, Jeff. Oh, to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you guys got to keep track of this. Yes. Uh, Deborah Messing was sorry, on neither. Deborah Messing was on Seinfeld. Really? I don't remember. Chris Parnell, man of a thousand voiceovers. Chris Parnell. Uh, both. Pardon? Both. 
All right, that concludes round one, Seinfeld or Friends. Let's get our scores. Very close game. Jeff has two, I have three, Sarah has four. All right, so now we are moving on to round two, Seinfeld or Frasier. Oh, Oh, shit. shit. (laughs) Friends was taken out of the mix. Sarah. (laughs) Sarah Silverman. Seinfeld, Frasier, both or neither. Frasier only. She was on both. She was on okay. Seinfeld and wow. Frasier. All right, number 17 for Mr. Drake. Yes. Jane Leaves. Jane Leaves was on both. That is good for a point. The Seinfeld or Frasier. Yep. Ooh, and here's oh, this, right. this is where it's getting a little interesting. James Spader. <laughs> so you're getting a little gum on gum information here, if you remember. Both? Yeah. All right, Sarah. Yep. Number 19, Megan Mulani. Mulali. Mulali. Mulani. I don't know why I said that. I know why I said that. She's it. not Hawaiian. <laughs> Mahalo for that correction. <laughs> so Seinfeld or Fraser or both. Or, or neither is also an option. That's right. right. Or, but I'm or not going to pick it. I'm just going to say Seinfeld only. Both. Oh. both. Wendy Malik. Wendy Malik. <laughs> Sorry. Little commentary my... there from New York City yeah. <laughs> on the subject. I Sorry. Oh, I enjoy her. Wendy Malik. I do too. More for you. All right, Jeff. Yep. Um, okay, so Fraser Seinfeld or. Both or neither. I will say both. That is right. Anna Gasteyer, Tara. Mm. Anna um, Gasteyer. Seinfeld? Fraser? Both? Neither. Both? <laughs> George Went. George Went, Sarah. Mm. Fraser only. Both. Damn Both. It. John O'Hurley. Huh. John O'Hurley. Um, okay. One is for sure. I'm going to say the reason he put this in there is because he's in both. <laughs> nice. Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> um, both. Uh, Marissa Tomei. Ooh. Or Sarah. Marissa Tomei. Both. <laughs> Seinfeld. Just Shit. Seinfeld. The jinx is in effect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Circling the old dream. <laughs> no. Well, she jinxed you hard. That no, was that stop was it. ice cold. <laughs> Jeff, Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Seinfeld and Fraser are the show still. Um I'm gonna say both. That is correct. Jeremy Piven. Oh. Uh, only Seinfeld. Seinfeld only. Correct. Amy uh Brennerman. Brennan. Bren No, 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 two R's. Amy Entemans. Yes. Get some Entemans. That's for and you, Sarah. Briars. Um. <laughs> gosh. Neither. Fraser. She was on Fraser. Laura Linney. This is your last one of this round, Mr. Drake. Laura Linney for Fraser or Seinfeld. I will say Fraser only. Nice. Jay Leno. He's oh. back. Um, both? That is correct, wow. and brings us to our halfway point. Let's get them scores. Okay, um, 
Still pretty close. Sarah has four. Jeff has seven. I have eight. All right. Still anybody's game. Here we go. Our, uh, Can I guess? Half. Is it Seinfeld and Mad About You? Round three. Seinfeld, Cheers, both oh, or neither. Oh. Starting out with Sarah Bunting. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Was she on Seinfeld, Cheers, both or neither? Cheers only. Nice. That was good for one point. But her episode. weird tooth was on Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Drake. Yes. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. And we're on Seinfeld and Cheers. That now. is correct. Yes. Seinfeld only. Nice. That is correct. Tara. Yep. Michael Richards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, what's the other show? Cheers, right? Seinfeld, Cheers. Just Seinfeld. Seinfeld only. Mm. He was on both. Uh, Marissa Cross. Marsha Cross? Yes. <laughs> okay, in my defense. Okay. Yes. Marsha Cross for Sarah. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Seinfeld and Melrose. Interesting uh, interesting split there. Uh, Seinfeld only. She hmm. was on both. Philip Baker Hall. Philip Baker Hall. Seinfeld Everybody's and... favorite gruff old grandpa. Mm-hmm. Cheers only. Damn it. Also on both. Carol Kane, Tara. Carol Kane. Oh. Both? Sarah, Jay Leno. He's back. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that bastard. Seinfeld only. Nice. Yep. John, John Mahoney. John Mahoney. Seinfeld or Cheers? Both. <clears throat> Not on Cheers. Never on Cheers. He was introduced uh, on Frasier. Yep. Huh. Uh, he could have played a different He's character. just on Cheers. All right. Alex Trebek. <laughs> was he You're just right. on... <laughs> Alex Trebek. Um, cheers only. On both. Wow. Yeah. Um, doesn't somebody goes on? One of not one of the main characters goes on Jeopardy. In Seinfeld. In Seinfeld. Don't remember that at so all. But I take your word for it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Bette Midler. Bette Me? Midler. Yes, Sarah. Oh, Bette Midler. Neither. Seinfeld. What? As herself in the uh, musical version of Rochelle Rochelle. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Jeff Drake. Yes. Catherine Keener. Catherine Keener. What do you got for us? What do you both. think? Both. Only knew. Seinfeld. I, I might have said both. I knew it was wrong when I said it. <laughs> Tara? Yeah. Tara? Yes. Tara? Yes, Dave. Ben Stein. Oh. Tara? Um. Tara? We get it, Dave. Tara. Cheers only. You win my money. <laughs> Incorrect. Seinfeld only. Huh. Yep. I don't remember him. This on is an interesting Seinfeld one. Either. This is interesting. Right. Seinfeld or Cheers, Sarah. Uh-huh. Johnny Carson. Oh. Yeah. Was he on one, the other, both, or neither? Mm. Mm. Have we had a neither yet? No, I don't remember. Mm, I don't either. I, feel like I think a- this might be the one, though. I'm torn. That was not between a, Seinfeld not a, only, <laughs> but I don't. I don't feel like he was that guy. I feel like he thought this was beneath him. This sort of thing. Neither. Cheers. Huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whammy. Kevin Dunn. Jeff. Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Oh. The great Kevin Dunn. He's fantastic. Tell Operation, him cold to shut the fuck up. Operation Sleepy Weasel. 
Um, <laughs> Ew. What? That's he was in charge of it. Hot shots. Um, Kevin Dunn. I will say both. Nice. That's good for a point. And our last of round three for Tara, Christopher Lloyd. Cheers, Seinfeld, or both? Cheers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> Which also featured a writer named Christopher. Oh, Lloyd. yeah. Um, Sarah has six. Jeff has nine. I have ten. Mm. All right. Very close game. And here we go into round four. Seinfeld... <laughs> 30 Rock, oh. both oh. or neither. Dang. 30 Rock, a very heavy guest star show. True. Here we go. Number one for Sarah, Jerry Seinfeld. Was he both. in Seinfeld? Yep. Was he in 30 Rock? She said both. Both yep. is correct. That is absolutely correct. <clears throat> All right. Jeff. Yes. Julia Louis, Louis Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus, both. Correct. She played uh, Liz Lemon, right? Yeah, she sure yep. did. Jason Alexander for Tara. Seinfeld only. Correct. Back to Sarah. It's your old friend, Jay Leno. (laughs) (laughs) Both. What? Did not appear on 30 Rock. They they, they mentioned him by name. Oh, yeah. I totally would have said both. Yep. Seinfeld only. Hmm. Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Seinfeld, 30 Rock, both or neither? Jeff. 30 Rock only. Correct. Regis Philbin. Um, Seinfeld only. Both. Both. Brian Cranston. Sarah. Brian Cranston. Both. Yeah. Correct. Strong. Watley. The great Watley. Jeff. Yes. John Hamm. John Hamm. 30 Rock only. What? He was on Seinfeld. What? Yeah. Huh. Didn't was he? What, a major D? He uh, was probably one of, one of Elaine's is that boyfriends. The, is that the show? Yeah, I think is, he was. That's not the show where he played the guy in the plane, is it? Was there a know. parachute mm. scene in Seinfeld? Or no. There's, no. Oh, I see. <laughs> but, sure. It's a little slow on the uptake. No, I'm asking. That was, that was, there's nothing. That wasn't a loaded question. Oh. Uh, Molly like, Shannon. Molly Shannon. This is for Sarah, right? Uh, who answered last? Who had John Hamm? Was that me? That was me. Oh, and I it, this is for me, Molly Shannon. Um, Seinfeld only. <coughs> Both. Wow. Oh, that's right. She was Jack's sister. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. For Sarah. It's your second to last question. Michael Sheen. 30 Rock only. Nice. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Character name? Anybody remember? Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Elaine Stretch. Elaine Stretch. I gotta say both. Damn it! Dirty Rock only. <laughs> I'd have gone neither on that, so. Uh, loser of the week from last week, Rob Schneider. Oh. Rob Schneider. <laughs> Seinfeld only. That is good for a point. Damn it. All right, Sarah, you're last. Megan Mullally. Thank you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Megan Mullally. Thank you. <laughs> Both. Nice. All right, Jeff. Yes. Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. She's on his radio. Yeah. I'm going to say both. Mm. Only on Seinfeld. Last question. 
Tutara. Yep. Carrie Fisher. Um, 30 Rock only. Yep. Nice. That is correct. Okay, what's them scores? Fuck, that was a close one, you guys. Sarah has 10, Jeff has 11, I have 13. Whoa, wow. that was a Nice comeback in round was, final. Yeah, that was Round good. final. I couldn't good remember game, if there were three or four. Considering that I only ever watched one of those shows, I think For I did real. pretty well. Yep. Absolutely. Tara. Good job, Jinxer. Oh, wait. Tristan Giggles. Ready? Quick. Only oh. three actors have appeared on both Cheers and 30 Rock. Can you name them? No. Cheers and 30 what? Rock. What? No. Kelsey Grammer. Oh, of course. Okay. Harry Henderson. Ha- Harry Anderson. Anderson, yes. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> and? and? Associated with Harry, Marky Post. Oh, of course. Oh, All right. You know, we could Post. actually play this game again with the various Law and Order. <coughs> it's true. Oh, yes. Like forever. For sure. We could play yeah. like 88 rounds. Anyway. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We discuss whether the new season of Homeland is throwing out the baby with the bathwater yeah. before going oh. around the oh. dial with stops no. at Gravity no. Falls. No. Star Wars Rebels, man, I'm no. doing it. Star Wars Rebels. No. So Monarchy proud of yourself. And Bob's Burgers. <laughs> so proud. Liv sent us her face-off report, and Sarah kicked off Buncey's TV book corner with a look at Lena Dunham's Not That Kind of Girl. Jeff did not trip over the ottoman that was his Dick Van Dyke show cannon submission. We crowned losers and winners of the week, and Tara was the winner of this week's squeaker of a game time. Remember. <laughs> Where? I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariano, Sarah D. Bunting, I am not staying here, and Jeff Drake. Don't throw bottles in the pool. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. Good afternoon. I would like 21 kegs that read Frasier Reunion 2010. Isn't it Frasier? No, it's Frasier. <laughs> and I should know, I'm Frasier. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. A dramatic rescue mission from the depths of space. You're 200,000 miles out. You're in a spacecraft that's dying. 13 Minutes to the Moon Season 2 tells the real story of Apollo 13. There's one whole side of that spacecraft. I literally got on my knees and prayed. 13 Minutes to the Moon. Where am I time? From the BBC World Service. We're not going to the moon anymore. We're going to just be damn lucky to get home. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.